It takes more than leaving your dev console open all the time while you browse the internet just to see what other devs left in their console.log to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 276. I am your host, Dave Smith. I am your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers to answer all of your questions about the non-technical stuff. What is the coolest thing you've seen in console in the dev console? It's probably some ASCII art thing. I feel like 99% of what I see is, hey, come work here if you're looking at the console. I think it would be nice if we if we turn these into like messages in a bottle. You just kind of left arbitrary text in there to share with other people. <laughs> Sent it out to the world. That's funny because 99% of what I see is failed to lo- load resource net colon colon error blocked by client. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I do see a lot of those. <laughs> or depending on the website, some kind of JavaScript exception or something. Yes, <laughs> stack traces just constantly. What if we used the stack traces to encode the message? What if you drew ASCII art with your stack traces? Ooh, you have to zoom way out to see it. Yeah, that would be cool. I not only write programs, I write programs that crash in a way that communicates meaningful yes. artistic <laughs> information. That's how good I am. They don't just crash normally. <laughs> what was it? There was oh, you you just tickled another part of my brain that where someone wrote a program in one programming language oh, that did something like it out its output was itself a valid program in the same language or something. Oh yeah, like quines. Is that what? Oh, that has a name. Yeah, those are those are quines. Yeah, they they boggle my mind q-u-i-n-e like i look at them and run them and they work and then i just stare dumbfounded at the screen for a little bit where the the output of the program is its entire source code of the same program yeah so so you run the program the behavior of the program is it prints out its own code somehow <laughs> but without like reading in the text file yeah. that its code is written in yeah those are cool that's what i was thinking of when you said stack traces that communicate <laughs> There's there's one, I think there's one that's shaped like a donut where it outputs the source code in, in, in a like donut shape. Yes, donut shaped C code that generates a 3D spinning donut. Is that a quine or is that just... I guess if it's 3D spinning, your your code is not 3D spinning <laughs> in <Yeah>. its editor. <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly the okay, same so that's thing. That's probably but, not one. But it's still really cool. Yeah, if I could write one of those, I would feel like I could end my life feeling smart. Yeah. It doesn't matter what other dumb things I did. That proved that I, at one point, was smart. Uh, let's talk about other stuff. I want to talk about our uh, our wonderful sponsor, Hired, who is sponsoring this show. It's the best way for engineers to find their next job, and you will hear more about them later. I'd like to thank our patrons, if I have your permission to do so. Always. At all times, no matter the context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely file that permission away. On your deathbed, <laughs> your last breaths leaking out. Ah, thank well, you too. These people. Monkey emoji. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> okay. I want to say thank you to those that are contributing on Patreon that get us that get them a weekly shout out due to the outrageous amounts of money they've contributed. These people are also insanely wealthy. This is like the Forbes 30 under 30 list of wealthy Patreon contributors. Oh, it's like a status symbol. Yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. G- getting your name on this list is, just so you know, very important <laughs> to me. 
<laughs> okay, their names are Ian Walter, Arun Duna, Kashakton, Ohio. This is Dobby, patron.com.au. We're hiring. Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, Testing is Documenting.org, Roman Denisov, Trans Rights, Fizzbuzz Influencer, Ola Dapofadigi, Kiaran Svainson, Will Angel, Ragnar Hardison, Window.alert, Open Parens, Double Quote, You Have Been Pwned, Double Quote, Close Parens, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Dennis Bogdan of Braden Keynes, John Grant, Taras Haruk, Nick Cantor, Philip John Basile, and BitesOfWisdom.com with a Y. If you'd like to join them, go to softskills.audio and click the support us on Patreon button. And if you have insane amounts of money burning a hole in your pocket, you can get yourself on this list and achieve status. Yes. No matter how minor the amounts of money you have, though, we will welcome you with open arms and open Slack. That's right. (laughs) Get to join our Slack. Welcome you with open Slack. Yep. (laughs) All right. Should I read our next question? Well, I guess our it's our next and first question. Yes. Our ne- <laughs> it's the next one in a very long list. Yeah. You have my express permission to read this question in any context. Okay. I'll read it in this context. Okay. <laughs> Hi, guys. I've been listening for a few months now and I'm dissatisfied. Oh, this is from an anonymous listener. I am dissatisfied with my current work where I've been for a year. I come from a research background and I'm now doing an engineering job at a B2B SaaS company which is leaving me wanting a change. Moving between teams is not an option, so I plan to move companies early next year. My problem is that I don't know whether to look for another mid or large size company. I'm finishing final rounds at Facebook and Palantir or go to a startup where it is likely to be more interesting. I have an offer to be the lead engineer at a very small startup where there are already five developers. I have one year of industry industry experience. If I go to a startup, will it negatively impact my career in the future if when I want to move elsewhere? Would it be easier to move elsewhere and to get a better offer or a higher position if I work at Facebook or Palantir instead of this startup? Also, while I prefer research, I'm not in the position to go back to grad school and finish my PhD. I finished my master's and left to work for monetary reasons, so I need to move to another engineering position. Huh, you've been listening to this podcast for a few months, and now you want to quit your job. Huh? (laughs) What was that? We've done it. <laughs> it's like it's like we've infected the mind with this meme. Yeah. Well, our work here is done. <laughs> hmm. Bored at work, basically, is, uh, yeah, the work is unsatisfying, it sounds like. Yeah. And there's kind of an assumption that the work at, at giant megacorp or medium-sized corp would be less interesting than the work at a startup, but maybe more prestigious and certainly more lucrative if a megacorp is huge is a kilocorp medium-sized maybe trying to decide how much i want to comment on my opinions on palantir (laughs) i think none is the answer yeah final rounds at a startup or lead so this first it's wild to me that someone with one year of industry experience is getting offered to lead engineering at a startup with five developers but maybe the masters is is relevant and that applies to it and kind of adds more experience. I mean, there's interesting work everywhere. Like, there's interesting work at Facebook and Palantir. You're definitely going to deal with more bureaucracy stuff and and more problems caused by trying to find out, like, where the thing is that solves your problem that somebody already built on the other side of the universe. But you can still do interesting stuff. Wasn't it Facebook that had the big tile mosaic in their campus that said, move fast and break things? Yes. And then later they removed the break things part. Oh, did they? I think so. It was like, oh, we actually, we really can't break things anymore. Just go faster. Just go fast without breaking things. 
That's like Sonic. Gotta go fast. Yeah. <laughs> he breaks things, though. Yeah. He breaks hearts. <laughs> so if I go to a startup, will it negatively impact my career? Nope. It will not neg- negatively impact your career. Lots of people work at startups and then go work other places, and it's fine. There's some sheen that you get if the startup is wildly successful, especially oh, yeah. if you were there early. So that can very positively affect your career. But if you go to a startup and it like fails or it's just fine, that's lots of people have done that, and it's a very normal thing to see. Yeah, and if it fails, no one will probably know. That it was all your fault. (laughs) Even if it was all your fault, probably no one will know. Yeah. You drank one too many coconut waters. (laughs) Blew through our VC funding. We had to shut it down. Yeah, I I agree. A startup won't negatively impact you. However, I will say, and maybe this is already obvious, but you will make substantially more cash from a large megatech co. Yeah, and like a 99% chance substantially more overall money in the right. long run. Right. Even including the equity. Yeah. Yeah. Is there so the other question is like so not you don't take a hit for going to a startup in terms of like future job growth, but do you do you get a bump? Do you get is it a a nice shiny thing to have on your resume to go to one of these well-known large tech companies? Oh yes, absolutely. Once you've worked for one of these big companies, you it's very easy comparatively to A, work for another one of these big companies, or B, work for any other company you want. <laughs> yeah, it, it, is it is weird. You you enter a club and part of the membership perk is like your resume gets plus five charisma points or something. Right, right. To any, anything, whether it's a startup or a big company. Yeah, definitely. There might be... Some places might be like a little concerned that if you're coming to a very small startup from a big megacorp, you you will not be successful without all the structure and support. That is true. But that's vastly outweighed by the people who will just look at something and say, oh, Google. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Automatic stamp of approval. Exactly. Nobody ever does any bad work at Google. And, and by the way, those people might be right. Those people yeah. that are concerned about your lack of experience working without structure and support. That is one argument against joining one of these mega co's, which is you're going to land on a team, especially if you're in a more junior position. You know, it's been a few years into your career. Not you're not 20 years in, or 10 years in. You're less than five. You're going to land on some team, and they're going to have quote the way we do it. They're going to have tons of tools. They will have already thought about the first hundred things you can do wrong on this job, and there will be. <laughs> There will be mechanisms in there to prevent you from doing them. That sounds wonderful. I I thought there would just be like, when you fall into the pit, there's a little sign that says, yep, we did too. Yeah. (laughs) That's how startups are, right? Uh, Yeah. There's a pit there. But this is good and bad. On the good side, you get to focus on the problem domain itself and not the meta problem or the ancillary problems that, that pave the path to solving the problem. Um, on the on the bad side, you really will not even realize all the problems that have been solved for you that you're going to have to solve yourself at a smaller company. In fact, I, I remember working at Amazon, we had so many interesting tools that to me were just incredibly awesome because they solved a lot of the problems that I had had to solve on my own at previous companies like startups. 
And when I would talk to some of these engineers who came in straight out of college, I would try to get them all pumped up. Like, do you realize how cool it is that this build system does this? And they're like, yeah, whatever. Like, it was completely uninteresting to them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of industry progress has been people leaving Google and saying, I really wish we had this thing that I had at Google and then building it. So that's kind of cool. I think a lot of people leave Google and Facebook and others like this, not even really knowing that they had been supported by that. And I think that's the risk is that you walk away from some one of these places and you're actually less of an engineer. Well, that's not the right way to put it. You have less awareness of the solutions that need to be created because you were so supported that they weren't even visible to you. Yeah. I mean, the trade-off is you just see stuff there that you will never see at a small yes, startup. Like also true. no small startup is going to have a million cores running in some data center that you have to do anything to, to think about at all. Yeah. I thought of another thing. I don't know why I said that because I can just say it. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff you just won't be able to do at a, at a big company, either because there were, there will already be a solution in place and like it's good and the thing you make would be worse or because there's lots of barriers to you working on that thing there's there's like political stuff or permission you need or something yeah and that's a nice thing at a startup nothing is there so you don't have to worry about like someone's awesome build system you get to write your own build system well not anymore but i don't know you yeah you get to resolve problems which sounds Bad if you're paying for it, but fun if you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can give an I can give a couple examples of that. At a small company I worked for once, I inserted an Easter egg into our main app where if you did a certain command line argument, the UI would come up with a a little Wally character with a. You remember Wally the Disney show? Yeah. And, and it had, he was holding a, a fire extinguisher, and you could fly him around the screen, and little <laughs> smoke would come out of the fire extinguisher. He could fly around. It was super fun. But then when I went to another big company, whose name I will not mention, one of my former coworkers challenged me to add an Easter egg with a specific requirement. And I, I tried for months and I just could not. Like, there was too much, <laughs> <laughs> there was too much like immune system built into the organization that prevented me from doing anything interesting. So that's something you should keep in mind. I feel like if you worked at a company like Amazon and added an Easter egg, it would make international news. Right. <laughs> and then yeah. like Disney would immediately sue the crap out of you for yeah. using Wally's image. <laughs> They're very good at preventing people from doing bad things. Yeah. I, I think if I had to sum up the trade-off, it's more money, less flexibility, deeper focus on problems. And that's at a big megacorp. At a startup, way more freedom, less money, almost certainly lots of fun things to poke around at if you're interested and and little barriers to stop you from trying stuff. And and then I would say, you said deeper focus. I would also say narrower focus at the big company, broader focus at the startup. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And, and when you say more money, we're talking like, I would say at this stage of your career, we're talking like the Megaco will probably pay you $100,000 more per year than the startup will. Yeah, I could see that for sure. They asked what they should do and we've certainly talked about the alternatives, but we must come to the, the crucial moment of deciding for them what they should do. Oh, well, before we do that, I got to add one more thing. Big companies, for some people, are repulsive for moral reasons. And so that's something to keep in mind, too. 
Uh, some, That's a good point. Per, I don't mean all big companies, but particular big companies. Particularly the ones in this question. <laughs> I, I, I would never, I would never say such a thing, but it's possible. And so you, you want to find out. Startups can be repulsive as well. They just don't usually show up on the New York Times as repulsive unless they get really bad. Yeah, they're like repulsive stories you tell instead of like repulsive stories you see on the news. Right. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so here, can I answer your question? Yeah. I would go, if at this point in my career, I would go to the big company first, but I would not stay there for more than two to four years, minimum two, maximum four. And then I would go jump into startups and have a really good time or middle-sized companies. That sounds great to me. You convince me. You're like, whatever. whatever. <laughs> that's I don't fine. know. I'm easily swayed by money, I guess. Maybe that's the answer. Yeah. Yeah. It'll Your, your career will be on a different trajectory and there's a high, higher likelihood it will be a steeper trajectory, but financially, yeah. But there, there's less chance you're going to get some like weird unicorn experience that'll, I don't know. You're like schmoozing with the 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 board, and then you find out later on that you are roommates that you didn't know somehow, and then you start a company together. Like less random connections like that. Actually, now that I'm saying that, you connect with tons of people at a big company, and lots of those people go on to do cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think big company sounds good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, Jameson, have you heard about The Great Resignation? Is it that Charles Dickens book? <laughs> Wait, no. The entire population on Earth has started taking our advice of quit your job. Oh, yes, that's right. Apparently, we have achieved influencer status. We've been telling developers for years to quit their jobs, and now we want to tell you how to do it. We're ready to reveal the secret. I mean, you don't just walk out shooting finger guns. <laughs> yes, well... You do that first, but after you do that, there's a new service we want to tell you about called Hired. What is Hired, Dave? Hired is the biggest AI-driven marketplace that matches engineers with companies. It is a great way to find your next job. I've been watching this industry for 20 years with a keen interest on hiring in particular, and I've never seen anything like Hired. Tell me about what you're seeing. So I've interviewed about 150 people in the last year, and I am serious, every candidate that's come to me through Hired has multiple offers, and they're incredibly high, scary high, like 30% higher than other candidates. Is that before or after the finger guns? <laughs> yeah, uh, both. <laughs> the beauty is, it's totally free for engineers, uh, and we would love for you to go try it. Go to Hired.com slash soft skills to check it out. Hired.com slash soft skills, quit your job the best way, and check out Hired. Okay, this comes from an anonymous listener who says, I've often heard of senior employees, quote, negotiating their exit instead of resigning or quitting with rumors of large negotiated payouts. I assume that's just a select group of people who can, but I've never seen much written on that. What is the situation where you can do this? How do you set yourself up for being able to get a payout like this? Well, I like that quit your job is an implied step in this play. <laughs> it's on brand. <laughs> on brand. So I've heard of compensation when you exit for like CEOs of big companies. I don't know anyone personally that I know has pulled this off as like an engineer somewhere. Yeah. I feel like you would need a lot of leverage to do it as an individual contributor. You would need to be like some industry experts or some crucial well no i mean that's like money they're gonna pay you to stay why would they pay you if you're leaving that's only to keep yeah. you from 
revealing stuff they don't want revealed. Yeah, what? Sorry, that's a good point. This whole time as I was reading this question, I thought, oh yeah, this is one thing, but it's almost like, what is this, hush money? Like, is it an NDA thing? I mean, that's definitely a thing when companies harm people, pay them so they can't talk about it. Is that, uh, so, is that what this is? Yeah, don't do that. I mean, okay. there's, they said negotiate your exit. The, okay. it, like, what leverage do you have? If you told the company you're leaving, then you've kind of given up all of your leverage. Yeah. Unless it's around some specific final, we got to have you finish this one thing before yes. you go or we're doomed. Yeah, that, and that is the context in which I have heard of these things happening. Yeah, let's say you're a senior leader in an organization that's just getting acquired by some other organization, and they do not want all the senior leadership to turn over. They want continuity. That that is the buyers want continuity from their senior leadership. So they will negotiate a retention payout that says stay for one year, two years, whatever it is, and we'll pay you in stock or cash, you know, for your time because we think that time is highly valuable. That's the kind of exit negotiation I've heard of, but I've never heard of one where it's yeah. just like, hey, I'm leaving. Would you like to just give me a bunch of money on my way out the door? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first one is like how equity works at companies. Yeah, and, and anyone could get a retention incentive to, you know, if, this, if the situation's right. I just am having a hard time, and maybe this is because my innocent, naive little mind can't conceive of a... Uh, <laughs> an exit negotiation that would turn into cash to make you leave on certain terms. But maybe it's something like you agree not to compete with us. You agree not to hire our people Usually for five years. did that already, though, when, yeah. you, <laughs> when you joined. <laughs> yeah, true. But yeah, so like when I saw this question, my first answer was, I, I, know, what the, I know what this happens in an acquisition scenario. And I hear it happening um, in high-profile situations where you know someone leaves a company and they go with a whole bunch of money. But, oh, here, here's what I think may be happening in those scenarios, which is you have some kind of agreement. Like, let's say you sign an employment contract to stay the CEO of a company for X number of years, and the company signs it with you. They agree, we're going to keep you for five years. But then the company's like, we hate you. We want to kill We want to send you out. I, I almost said kill you. That was not at all what I intended. Sorry. I got a little <laughs> serious. We, we want Whoa. you out. I am not signing that contract. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say that the company wants you out after just one year. They could pay damages as specified in the in the contract, or if not specified, that's when you would negotiate your exit. But probably everyone who listens to this show is an at-will employee, and there is no concept of a five-year contract, you know, with them. Well, maybe if they're outside the U.S., that could be. At which point you could negotiate an exit that in- includes getting a big payout. So I had heard the term golden parachute before this show and thought it described what you were talking about, where some CEO does something awful, gets gets fired in disgrace, but wipes their tears away with hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. But I learned that it is not that. It's a thing to make acquisitions less tempting. So you put a clause in, in an executive's contract to say, if this company is acquired hostily, and they're laid off or fired as part of that acquisition, you have to pay them an outrageous amount of money to make themselves less attractive to potential acquirers, I guess. Less attractive? Yeah. So like if I'm a company, I see I'm a big evil company with lots of money. I see some poor little, I don't know, sandwich shop that has a CEO 
somehow. <laughs> and and the sandwich shop does not want to get acquired. They don't want to lose their independence. They don't want this company to come in and slash costs and lay off everybody and stuff. Then they put in the CEO's contract. If we are acquired and the CEO is let go, then you have to like never eat our sandwiches again or right. some horrible punishment <laughs> or cost. Got it. To make them less attractive. But I yeah, all, all this means you're probably not in that <laughs> in that position. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if that happens anymore, if that's like the old definition and now it, it, that stuff doesn't happen. The only possible case I can think of where you have leverage that is not caused by you going through some very unpleasant stuff at the company is if you are, like I said, a critical piece of a critical project and you leaving is going to kill it. And then that's a lot of leverage. And I... I, I guess you could say I'm going to quit unless you pay me a bunch of money. And that feels a lot like a threat, I guess. Maybe the way the way you could phrase it to not be a threat is if you have some other opportunity, you're going to another job that is going to pay you a bunch more money or something. You could say, look, I'm giving up. If I stay to finish this thing, I'm, it's going to cost me like X number of dollars. I don't want to do that. So can you make it financially worthwhile for me to stay Mm -hmm. for you to get this thing finished. But that not that golden handcuffs? Uh, sort of, but but it's like handcuffs are ahead of time. And this is like after you've already said, I'm going to leave. But it's a weird situation where you like need another offer or to tell them you have another offer. Like you, you want to say, you don't want to say nice project you have there. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. If you don't pay me protection money, you want to say it will it will cost me something to stay here. And I would like to be compensated above and beyond my current pay right. to make up for those costs. And yeah. then okay. there's some number at which, uh, fine, I'll, I'll give up this job offer and stay six more months or two more months or whatever and get another job offer later or something like that. You know. So you're negotiating your exit in advance, with, but really what you're negotiating is a retention agreement. Yeah, I guess. So it's not happening on your way out. What if you're just such good friends with all the executives? <laughs> you think you can just ask them? Hey, pay me money to quit. Sure thing, Dave. <laughs> We're such good friends, but we did hate working with you. <laughs> we would love to see you go. Please leave and take this money to make our lives better. But there has you have to give something besides just leaving. And also sign this agreement that says you will never speak to us again. Yeah, but we're such good friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear uh, this. I feel like a lot of our questions, we bring some experience. And this is just, I have wild speculation and five minutes of Googling. Wait, you've never negotiated a multi-million dollar exit like I have several times? I've never negotiated a multi-cent exit. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably like paid money to leave sometimes. <laughs> yeah, lost money. Well, that one time you quit a job without having a new job lined up. Yeah, that's what that yeah, was. Yeah, I did pay money to leave. That's true. <laughs> So this is a case where I'd really love if somebody who knows or has experience with this kind of thing would, would let us know and then we can share real stuff instead of idle speculation. Meanwhile, I just love the metaphor of a golden parachute. It's like, here, jump out of this plane. You have a heavy metal parachute that will drag you to your death, <laughs> but you'll have all this gold. <laughs> and the same thing with golden handcuffs. Hey, put this, put this highly valuable precious metal around your wrists in such a way that you can never actually spend it. Yeah. 
I had not thought about the the morbid realities of the golden parachute. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're crushed in the air before you hit the ground. Yeah, exactly. The parachute guess... kills you before you're even dead. <laughs> well, that's a sign that we've done it. We've answered this question. Okay. Congratulations what... to us. <laughs> <laughs> what should our listeners do if they want their own questions answered? They should go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button. Thank you so much to everyone who has done that. So many of you have left questions and we do promise to answer them before our golden parachutes hit the ground. Before we end this show, we would like a little something for our pain, though. (laughs) Will you please give us compensation to exit the podcast? Okay, you just, oh, you just turned it off. Okay, shoot. (laughs) I guess we're done. All right, we'll catch you next week.